NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Howdy, 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 writers and teachers. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure once again to be back with the National Writing Project Director of Programs, Miss Tanya Baker, and to once again uh, showcase host and present a stellar writer for our listeners. I know many of us are grasping at the last sands of summer and trying to get our toes in the ocean at least one more time before the pesky leaf blowers return. Ah, but with the leaves mean it's time for write out and national day on writing. And it's the perfect time for our palettes, storyboards and cadences. Uh Oh, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So today we're bringing forward a special show for you all. Tanya, I can barely wait to get this show going. A special spirit has been with me all week. Oh, Brian, <laughs> I would say your puns are unbearable, but it's probably what I love about you. Yes, today's show is special, not only because we have children's writer and writing advocate Carmen Oliver in our studio, but this also gives the National Writing Project a place to celebrate another one of its great collaborations, a partnership with the National Parks. Before we bring Carmen on for the interview, I'm excited to introduce a special guest, my close colleague and friend, Christina Cantrell, who's here to highlight what we can look forward to during this year's celebration of Write Out. Hi, Christina. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Brian. Really excited to be here and um, excited to talk about Write Out, which is um, an event coming up uh, very soon in October. So we want to give everybody a sense of it. And it's a project that we've developed uh, in our partnership with the National Park Service. So that's, um, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to, uh, to, to share a little bit about it. Uh, and how one might get involved. So right now it happens over two weeks in mid-October uh, and it's really an opportunity for you, teachers, writers, park rangers, families, friends, to really go outside, find a park, find another public space in your local community and use that space to inspire writing. So it's a great opportunity to work together with students, with colleagues, with friends. And we encourage you after you write something out in your local community to share it via social media using the hashtag writeout. So in that way, you're connecting with people all around the country who are doing a similar thing. So it's a wonderful opportunity. It um, is in its fourth year. And as Brian sort of previewed, its uh, theme is palettes, storyboards, and cadences. I tend to think about that as going outside and using all your senses and thinking about the ways that you can write and create out of what inspires you. The actual dates are the 10th to the 24th of October, and that includes the National Day on Writing, which is Wednesday, October 20th. So we hope you'll all get involved. To support the experience, um, colleagues within the National Writing Project, the National Park Service, and this year we had Outdoor Afro, another network working with us, and colleagues in those networks are putting together resources, writing prompts, different kinds of inspirations uh, to support uh, your writing in outside and in public spaces. So um, part of um, 
what Kristen's been working on this year is wrangling her park service rangers to pull together, you know, things for people to use during write out also. And so it's my great pleasure to actually introduce Kristen Lassard. Kristen has been working with us on um, this project uh, since its beginning and is really um, leading the vision from the national park side. So we're really excited that she's here with us today. So let me just introduce her a bit. Kristen Lassard has been working for the National Park Service since 2008. Uh, and she ser has served in a variety of professional roles across multiple disciplines for the Park Service. In her current position, which is Program Manager of Interpretation, Education, and Volunteers at Weir Farm National Historic Park. Uh, Kristen oversees the Park Service Operations and Engagement Initiatives. So in this way, she um, this includes history work, fine art education, and she works with about 40,000 visitors a year, which is incredible, <laughs> as well as doing the youth and volunteer programs. So um, we are thankful, very thankful too, that Kristen has um, provided, been on the leadership team for Write Out for the last five years, and also has been working with uh, the Connecticut Writing Project in Fairfield, uh, with um, Brian and our colleague, Dr. Rich Novak. So Brian, why don't I let you sort of say a little bit more about well, I'm actually, like, I know that they, I know that they brought Fantasy Island back, you know, the remake. And I'm thinking that this is episodes like a, a Fantasy Island for me, because many of my favorite people are here with us tonight. You know, five years ago, the Connecticut Writing Project at Fairfield University, we began a partnership with Weir Farm National Historic Park where teachers are given the opportunity to learn about impressionist painter Julian Alden Ware, but also engage with the ecological literary perspectives that our colleague, Dr. Richard Novak, a CWP teacher consultant brings, brings to our practice. Um, last year, we were able to use young adult literature uh, to accomplish our goals, but this year, this little special book came my way called A Voice for the Spirit Bears, and I knew it was going to be perfect for our program. So I pitched it to Kristen, and I pitched it to Rich, and next thing I know, we had Carmen Oliver as a guest on our show. So Carmen Oliver grew up in Manitoba, Canada, surrounded by lakes and prairie grass, where she built tree forts, caught tadpoles, and sailed on homemade rafts. She is the author of the picture book series, Bears Make the Best Buddies, reading, math, writing, and science, as well as the nonfiction picture biography, the new one, A Voice for the Spirit Bears, How One Boy Inspired Millions to Save a Rare Animal. It's a Junior Library Guild Spring 2019 pick. She's also the author of the forthcoming picture books, The Twilight Library and The Fabio Chavez Story. Carmen's work has been shortlisted for the Rainforest of Reading Award, the Writers Leagues of Texas Awards, and the CLEL Bell Picture Awards for Early Literacy. Woo -hoo. In 2014, she founded the Booking Biz, and I, I highly recommend you check out that Booking Biz, a boutique-style agency that brings award-winning children's authors and illustrators to schools, to libraries, and for your special events. When she's not writing, she loves gardening, cheering on her kids from the sidelines, and blue sky days. 
Currently, she lives in Round Rock, Texas with her family, and she wanted to be on this show so much that when the internet went out at her house, she drove an hour so that she could be with us today. So yes, Carmen is hardworking, driven, and spirited herself. Um, I'm amazed with the kinetic, uh, the connections, the leadership, and the dreams. Um, I'm so excited to be with Kristen once again as well. And I know that Kristen has a writing prompt if you want to stop this showing and write a little bit before you listen to the rest, it's a perfect opportunity. So I'm handing it over to Kristen now for her writing Great. prompt. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled to represent Ride Out in the National Park Service and also to interview Carmen Oliver. Uh, but before we get into that and talking about Carmen's award-winning book, Voice for the Spirit Bears, um, that includes a young boy's love of bears and his efforts to help protect them. Uh, we will uh, take a moment if you'd like to pause uh, and uh, respond to this writing prompt. Uh, you can also do this with kids or students if you choose to. So think about an outdoor space and the outdoor world and the animals that inhabit it. Uh, what responsibility do we have to protect wildlife, their habitat and the environment? And why care for wildlife like bears? Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful prompt. And it's going to be central to the work that we do with teachers in our own site. I hope the teachers take the time with their kids and do a little bit of writing about this themselves. So 25 minutes, 30 minutes, you two get to you know have a conversation and we go off screen. We look forward to everything that you say to one another. So bye. Bye. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Kristen. I just wanted to thank Brian for that lovely introduction. And I'm just so excited to be here with you, Kristen. It's so great to meet you in person. And I'm just um, thankful to the entire writing project team at the national level as well for, for hosting me and, and bringing me into to families and teachers everywhere. Excellent, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too and talking to you today. So. Um, you're a children's author, so your stories are for young readers. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit, your intro kind of teased us with the forts and the, the homemade rafts, but uh, maybe you could tell us a little more about young Carmen and did you always enjoy writing and storytelling? Sounds good. Yeah, I was, I started writing when I was pretty young. And then even before then, um, I was a really big listener. I, I was surrounded by books. My mother and my grandmother were both um, huge influences in my life in kind of my being my best reading buddies. I had uh, a small library at home when um, we got socked in in the winter. And so they were always reading to me. And um, I had a little ride on deck that was my reading buddy when they weren't available that I talked to all the time. I rode around um, everywhere with that uh, little duck and used to take it to visit my grandmother's. Um, and so I just, I grew up really grounded in story, or, you know, around me as far as books go. And when I wasn't inside, I was outside. I was, I was a little tomboy and I, you know, loved to play in, you know, the, the forest that was behind our home. One of my childhood homes um, was built by my, my parents. And so, you know, we were, as dad was building the house, we were playing in the trees and we were in the creeks and we were in the ditches. And, you know, um, I always say that nature is the biggest storyteller. We just need to get quiet and we just need to, you know, pull ourselves in and listen to hear the stories that she has to tell or the stories that she has to show us because they're all around us. And so I think, you know, having, being such a, 
a curious young girl and always exploring out, outside where I was either collecting tadpoles and, you know, looking at them close up and then releasing them, you know, from my raft that I would build or whether I was climbing a tree to, to, to see if I could find the nest where the birds were chirping. We had robins and blue jays and cardinals and, you know, and sometimes it was just like sitting on a log and, you know, watching the bees build a nest, you know, in, in the ground, you know, and so all of that, you know, really inspired my curiosity from a young age and I started writing when I was in fourth grade my first book was I still have it um, it was with my fourth grade teacher Mrs. Graham and it was about it was called camel and the bear it was an unlikely friendship camels and bears don't usually inhabit the same space <laughs> the same habitat but that was my my first story and um, she gave me a gold star I still have her little writing on the back of that book and you know that really inspired me to um, you know, to, to continue to write, you know, I went on to, to write poems and poetry through high school and, and, um, you know, it took me when I started writing in high school, I wanted to write for the school newspaper. And I kept getting my stories were continuing to get rejected. Um, and I was getting frustrated and um, I, but I kept at it. And one time the story came along about the make the wish foundation and, it was about all of these real estate agents and people coming together to create a song to raise money to try and uh, bring um, the wishes of terminally ill children um, to fruition. And that story just spoke to me. And, you know, that was the story that ended up getting published in the school newspaper, my first article. And, and I always say it's so important to like tap into things that we're passionate about. And so I've, I've kind of been dabbling in writing since a very young age. And it's Honestly, it's always been inspired by nature and nature around me because I, I really do believe nature is one of the best storytellers of all. Definitely. I think we would have made great friends when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, tadpoles are always fun to play with. So totally, totally. Yeah. That's amazing. Are there any other like people or places from your childhood that you think shaped your work as a children's writer today? I think, you know, some of the, definitely my grandmother, because my grandmother was also a teacher, which I didn't realize at the young age, because she, she read to me from uh, a chapter book called Sandman Stories of Twinkle Eyes by Abby, Willick, um, Abby Phillips Walker. And it was just, a, it was about this little mouse, you know, and he had this little family that lived in an innkeeper's pantry. And um, he was always trying to stay one step away from this big cat that was trying to terrorize and eat him. And he was trying to keep his family safe. And so he finally tunneled up through the pantry walls and found this abandoned dollhouse up in the attic. And, you know, I just felt like I was part of this little mouse family. And so she would read to me, literally, I still have that book today, the pages are falling out, but it's just such an inspiration. And so she was such um, an influence in my life. Um, I would spend a lot of time together. And I think her early uh, readings, I mean, I learned how to read on that book, um, has helped me to become like the, the teacher, the writer I am today. You know, there was always an adventure to be had. Again, I was always outdoor when I was visiting her up there, whether I was, you know, going through the garden and, you know, picking, you know, fresh produce, you know, or we were baking in, in the kitchen together. And then just her reading to me all the time, like E.B. White, um, I fall in love with Charlotte's Web, um, Jack London's uh, Call of the Wild, I mean, is still one of my favorite books, um, you know, and so I, a lot of the, 
a lot of the books that I was really drawn to had strong characters that were based in nature and the animal world. And so those today, I think, are still some of my influences. You know, there's, they've, they've shaped who, what I want to write about. They, they're making a, they were making a difference, you know, through their storytelling. And so I think that mm-hmm. helped me to aspire to try and tell those kinds of stories where readers will connect, first of all, you know, to the characters, but then to, to have that, that subtle message woven in there that they can make a difference in the world too, you know? Um, and stories are a great way to do that because we all have a story to tell. Yeah. It definitely comes across in the stories that I've read of yours. Um, so Thank you. amazing, you know, how you use, uh, encourage readers to pay attention to the natural world and think about how they can be advocates and um, that connection with nature or with animals um, to tell those stories. Um, so that's amazing to me, so. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, it's a, it's a big part of, um, of you know my growing up as well and, and being outdoors ever since I was a little girl and traveling to parks and camping with my family and you know we always had subscriptions to, to National Geographic and you know there was there was always being stories circulated about the natural world around me and my mom had a huge interest as well and still does and so you know that that really does seep into who you are you know yeah definitely yeah, so you mentioned something else. You mentioned that the first story you ever wrote also included a bear. So a yes. bear. Um, and we're going to talk about Voice for the Spirit Bears, which is uh, one of the reasons that we're here today. But uh, I read a few of your other books too, uh, Bears Make the Best Buddies, the series that you have, which I thought yes. was engaging and great. So Thank I think that's why bears? So, you know, I think as a little child, like bears are one of these like majestic large they're so much bigger than you are as well so like they're just so awe-inspiring because as a small child when you see a bear and how they move it's like they they they're almost like king of the world you know and and so for a really young age I was like really enamored with them you know and I and I um I had an encounter with when I was older and camping um there was a mama bear when we were camping in a campground and she had her two young cubs with her and I got to see them you know climbing up a tree and you know I had to kind of back out of my tent very carefully and um, slowly move back to the car and you know and stay a safe distance so that I wouldn't make them feel threatened you know and but it was such an incredible experience to see them wild and free and just you know, rollicking in, in, you know, the wild like that, it was just, it's just always stayed with me. And, and at the time I was like, when I was started working on the bears make the best reading buddies, that was the first book, I was knee deep in doing research on spirit bears. And I just found them so fascinating. And I had, you know, I had grown up in Canada, I never heard about this bear before. So I was like digging in and doing all this research. And at the same time, my daughter was going to be a reading buddy at her school. And I thought to myself, well, what if, because that's what we do as writers, we ask ourselves questions like that. What if, what if, you know, a teacher was going to assign reading buddies, but one little girl said, no, no, I don't, I don't need your reading buddy because I have my own and she brings a bear to school. I thought, <laughs> what, what could happen, right? And so, and I just kind of went from there. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I started 
brainstorming and making lists of all the different characterizations of a bear and then I and the character traits that go with reading and I thought oh my gosh these all could come together and so how could this little girl persuade her teacher to let a bear into the classroom and so you know that's that's kind of where it started I mean I think ideas you know when we're deep in in one area sometimes two ideas can come together and, and form completely you know completely new book mm -hmm. so I've just always been fascinated with them yeah they're definitely magical creatures that's for sure they are yeah and and the voice for the spirit bears is such an amazing story like Brian mentioned we're going to be using it for a teacher workshop at Weir Farm National Historical Park um, soon and it's just a really great tool to you know share some stories um, about you know how people are inspired and then that helps them want to preserve places or yeah. things um, and protect and be an advocate for nature so it's just an amazing story um and well thank you oh yeah that's great so i'm just wondering how did you come to tell that story how did you choose to tell the story of the spirit bears and young simon yeah it was so interesting because as I was digging into the research, I have a huge research binder that I um, created with all of this. I don't know if you can see this or not, but it's a, a huge, pretty big binder. Um, and it's got like all kinds of sections of materials um, and you know bibliographies. And there's all kinds of notes that I've made and magazines that I've collected. And so I was doing all of this research about the spirit bears and this young boy's name just kept popping up, you know, Simon Jackson. And he was trying to be an advocate and be a voice for the spirit bears because they didn't have a voice of their own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so I'm like, well, what, how, you know, how was he doing this? Like, how did he get involved in this? And so when I started researching his story, what struck me so profoundly as it started at such a young age with his love of grizzly bears and the first place he fell in love with them was when he visited Yellowstone National Park he was about seven years old his parents had just bought him a camera and he you know took that with him and they they drove to the Yellowstone National Park from Canada and he sat there in in freezing cold rain you know pounded by 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 rain at a telescope and a lookout post, you know, right over Yellowstone National Park, hoping and praying to get a glimpse of the grizzly bears, you know? And so like that just stood with me and stuck with me um, that, you know, his passion to see them wild and free, you know, was just so captivating to me. And it's one of the reasons why I was so adamant to start the story there before he encounters the spirit bears and learns about them when he's about 13 years old, because I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in his story that you'll find out too when you read the book that really catapulted him to be a voice for the spirit bears because he had done so many things along the way that when he came encounter with the spirit bears and he's like wait a minute there's these bears that are in you know my home province where like literally you know miles away from me and I'd never heard about them and they're endangered and their habitat is endangered and the more he dug into it you know, the more he realized, like, when you are trying to protect anything, you are also protecting everything around it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so that I, I think that's so important because there's so many species that, you know, inhabit our, our forests or rainforests and um, that they, you know, they need protection because we otherwise will lose it all. And so I think when he started to dig into to the research, he started realizing if I can be a voice for the spirit bears, if we can all work together to save this animal, then that habitat will stay intact and that habitat will be, you know, wild and free for all of the animals and all of the fauna and flora that, you know, are found there. And so I just, I, I mean, sometimes you can get caught up in research so much, which is, you know, when you're, when, which, you know, the binder was great, but then I had to step back and say, okay, wait, I, I need to, I need to take a step back now. I've done all of this research. I need, I need to like sit down and, and figure out, you know, how do I tell Simon's story in a way that'll do him justice because Simon is a real person and he lives here today and, um, and, and he's carrying on. Um, he started other companies and he's doing a lot of great work with nature labs um, and stuff. So I had to like really step back and figure out like, how do I tell a story that will first of all, captivate my young readers and um, m- make them feel connected to the story. Cause I think that's, you know, that's how we hook our young readers is like, how can I do that? And I felt like starting back when he was young, where a lot of us are, you know, we'll see something and we're like, oh my gosh, we're like, you know, they see a snake and they want to know more or you know we're at the park and we see a butterfly and we follow it all along the trail because we like want to see where it's going to go and what it's going to do and you know and I so so I was trying to capture some of that wonder you know and um and so it yeah it just it started from there that's great yeah as a, a national park ranger that really got me that really pulled me in because that is one of the goals of the national park service is to inspire people to be stewards and you know to have that meaningful moment and make that connection with wildlife or nature or history you know something that you know makes them want to care and become an advocate like maybe Simon um, someday so or at least to, you know want to protect national parks and public lands so I was really excited that the story started that way and to see how it unfolded and um, it was it was just very inspirational and definitely something that connects with national parks uh, and young readers and national parks too. So I'm excited to read it to some of our young junior rangers that we're. Yay. <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. I think I mean it's all of our responsibilities. I think, um, and that's one of the things that we have to like yeah. continue to remind our our young people with. You know, this is our home, Earth, and all of the the wonders that we have and the parks are what make us, you know, create all the trees allow us to breathe, you know, and, and they're part of the cycle. And we have to, we have to do what we can to protect everything, you know, so that it's there for future generations to come, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's really near and dear to my heart. Yeah, mine too. So you're right in line with the national and <laughs> with how you feel. So that's great. Do you have any experiences with visiting national parks or other public lands um, that maybe have inspired your work or that are memorable from you know, whenever we travel, I always try, we always try to fit in a way to visit a park system. Um, so, 
in California, when I've been there, we've been there twice now to um, Joshua National Park um, in California. I just, you know, it was, it's always so incredible to visit areas that you're not familiar with. And so hiking those trails and those rocks and looking that at the unique fauna and flora that that is in that park, it was super special. And we did that pre-pandemic when we were out there on a family vacation. And then um, our daughter plays, played soccer growing up. And so uh, we were ended up finding ourselves down in South Carolina for a soccer tournament when she was around 16. And so we, we hopped on a bus and went to Brevard, um, North Carolina, and we went into Pisgah National State Park, or sorry, Pisgah State Park. And it was just so beautiful. And there was this large rock that was like a water slide. And the kids just loved it because the rains and the water were, would come down through the springs and it created like this water slide and it was freezing cold. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's so fun to show them like all the wonders, you know? And so wherever we are, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, find a park that we can go and explore and just to be outside and experience nature. And, you know, my husband and I got married on the side of a mountain in Banff National Park. And um, we had all of our pictures taken out outside um, and in Canada. And, you know, it's just, it's a magical place. It, it, used, to, it used to be about 45 minutes from my, from my back door. And we hiked there all the time. And there was elk all the time that would come down into, you know, where we were staying. And, you know, it was just, you know, there was always chipmunks chattering in the trees. And we were always snapping pictures of, you know, birds and eagles. And, you know, there's, there's just really nothing about nature that you can't I mean it's just such a calming place sometimes I would actually get emotional when I'd leave a park like I would be like I'd be actually saying goodbye to it you know I'm like till mm -hmm. next time because I would feel so emotional there's such a connection that you get when you experience nature firsthand um and it's it I, we have to protect it we just do yeah, definitely so what, how do you think that your story, um, how you tell Simon's story will inspire new generations and your readers to use their voices to make a difference? I think one of the things that I was so drawn to Simon's story was one of the reasons too was that, you know, he always says that he's just, he's just an ordinary boy with no remarkable skills or intellect, but simply with a passion, you know, and to unite the world. And if he can do this, you know, if he can overcome a stuttering problem, if he can find his voice to speak out, and anyone can do anything they set their mind to, right? And so I just wanted kids to feel that and be inspired by that. I wanted that story when I was 12 years old. You know, he gets bullied in the story. I got bullied as a young girl. Um, I think a lot of children do. And whether it's at a, on a large scale or a small scale, it affects you. And I think for them to know that you, your voice matters, no matter what, and no matter what people tell you, you know, or put you down, you matter. And I really wanted them to get that message coming from the story that anything is possible, um, no matter what you're interested in or what you want to do. You know, if you want to follow in Simon's steps, footsteps, that would be amazing. But maybe there's something else you're equally as passionate about. And then use your voice because it really just takes one voice to make a difference in the world. And I just, I really, I, I, that's my hope, you know, that, that kids who read this story, pick that up, will, will be reminded of that and be inspired to, to tell their own stories and to make a difference in the world and in the amazing ways that only they can do it. Oh, that's great. 
Awesome. So I also want to ask you a little bit about um, some of your other work. So we know you're an exceptional children's author and love all those great books, but you also work a lot with teachers and other authors and illustrators and support them in programs and in school visits and things like that. So tell us a little bit about that work. I love, I think that's one of the second parts I love about my job is you know, it's not just my stories that I want teachers and kids to be able to hear. I want to do what I can to connect readers with other authors um, and, and so that they can tell their stories. And so I get to work with some incredible authors and illustrators. I get to bring them into schools, into libraries, into workshops and conferences, festivals all over the world, and help them tell their stories. And so that kids can connect with them and hear what inspired them and why they became an author and why they're um, doing what they are today. And so I work with, you know, Bethany Hegedus and Don Tate and Lamar Giles and Tammy Charles. And I, I work with some incredible Lisa Klein Ransom and her husband, James Ransom. I work with some incredible people. I'm very, very lucky. And, you know, it, I think it helps when you're also, um, it's, it, it means more when you can when you can help others too um, and help them um, reach the children that they want to reach. And you know, working with librarians and educators, they're at the forefront of helping shape our young children. And and so to be able to be even just a small part of that in helping them do their job is I just feel like I'm very lucky and very honored to work with them. And so so I try and do all of the organizing, you know. Uh, arranging of the details so that the authors can and the illustrators can just focus on doing their work, you know, which is creativity and writing more stories. Um, and then I just make sure I carve out time to tell, you know, my stories as well and just balance it, you know, so that I'm still feeding the writer inside of me, but I'm also serving story in a better way, you know, yeah. like I'm serving more stories, you know, and more authors and more teachers and more librarians and and so that makes me happy. It's so nice to have that supportive network and uh, to be able to work with your colleagues and support each other like that. That's one thing I love about the National Writing Project since working with them. I see that all these teachers collaborating and supporting each other and writers. And um, it's just a, an amazing thing to see how you guys all support each other and, and move each other forward. And Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you, when you do that too, you just, you know, you feed off of each other's energy. Um, you know, teachers, you know, are inspired and librarians are inspired. Authors are inspired. More stories come from that. I mean, I have a lot of, I hear all, all the time librarians and teachers are, are becoming published who, who've always wanted to tell their own stories. It's just it's an exciting place to be. And it's, it's wonderful to be a part of it. Yeah, that's great. Well, before we run out of time, I have to ask, because I'm sure everyone's dying to know, um, if you're working on any new story pro or stories or projects, or is there anything new coming out from you I'm, soon? I'm really, really excited um, to, to launch the Twilight Library um, because it, it comes out in fall 2022. And it is also rooted deep, deep in, in a wilderness um, where the creatures of the night flock to. And no one ever wants to leave that place. So it, just like when I was a little girl, you know, back in the woods, it was a place that I never wanted to leave. And so the night librarian, she spins a tale of mystery and she kind of reels the creatures of the night into the fabric of the story. And they end up going home to like 
create their own stories and their own dreamland. And so I'm really excited about that book. It comes out in fall and it, it's illustrated by the incredible Mirren Laura and, um, and it's being published with North South Books. And again, it's just, it brings the best of both worlds together, you know, libraries, the outdoors, and I can't wait for you all to see it. Sounds awesome. Well, you two did a phenomenal job. Like I was like, we could not have a better, more perfect way to kick off right out, even though that wasn't our intention, but it kind of was like, maybe this is a good time to bring on Carmen Oliver and Kristen Lestard. And my God, it worked perfectly. And I was thinking through it, like I made that corny joke about this is like fantasy island, but I realized there's always a dilemma on fam fantasy island. Somebody has to learn something. And it occurred to me while you were talking, when I taught in Louisville, Kentucky, I taught at the Brown School and we were the bears. We were the Brown School bears. And I was thinking how it's a school for like kind of like student activism. You know, the kids are all self-directed learners who want to change the world. And I was thinking that this would be a perfect book to like feature in their library as an all school read. Um, just to start talking about, you know, the way nature is a storyteller in everybody's world, but how you have to take the everyday, pay attention to it and then make a difference. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other take takeaway is I can't wait to hike where farm again, because now that I know Kristen likes to play with tadpoles, like <laughs> I want to see what she does. Do you like play ping pong or do you play? How do you, how are you doing Tanya? Uh, I'm so excited about this um, show. There were so many lovely things. I also grew up in a rural place and played with tadpoles and uh, went, uh, you know, into the backwoods to go sledding and pick blueberries in the summer and all those things. So um, hearing you speak, Carmen, and um, in your, uh, sorry, lovely Manitoba accent, yeah, which I picked up, I was like, oh, this makes me feel so at home. Um, I, yeah, there were so many things. I'm very excited about, I love nature, twilight, and libraries. So like, the nighttime librarian i'm really looking forward to meeting her when that book comes out i know and i love how the we worked the story so you you actually have to get three quarters of the way through the story before you get to meet who the night librarian mm. is so um, we'll keep those readers turning the pages yeah there's so many things i wanted to say about this interview but um i also want to invite christina to because i'm sure her mind is reeling with stories and ideas for right out or uh it is for sure so I was first thinking about my nephew and thinking I really need to uh, um the bear buddy for reading and that idea of the spirit bears I thought was really exciting so that was sort of the first thought on my mind and I was shooting off an email to my um <laughs> sister-in-law um, and, uh, and then for right out, I'm, I'm thrilled that this is part of the mix. And, um, I was thinking we have a bookshelf that we set up to support right out. So this definitely has to go onto the bookshelf. So Kristen, maybe we can remember that. And, Absolutely. and, um, and then I'm, I think it's really lovely that all these educators are going to have an opportunity to read this book together, talk about the implication, share their thoughts and everything in the right out milieu. So we'll definitely make sure to um, connect and amplify what teachers are thinking about so that others have the opportunity to. So thank you so much for sharing your work and your 
um, and what compels you forward about your work too. Hearing about you as a writer and a, a researcher is is also also always inspiring. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. I um, and please feel free to have teachers visit my website at carmenoliver.com and pull any of the free resources there. Um, they're all downloadable. There's a different there's writing prompts there for the young young readers and there's for the you know young activists out there um, that's really as you can see you can start at a really young age. There's all kinds of tips on how to do that and how to get started and kind of follow you know what you're interested in doing it. Sometimes it's just you know wanting to help clean up your own neighborhood or maybe you want to be involved in your beach cleanup and there's just so many things um, you know we're always every time we go on a walk I mean if we see trash along the way my husband has always got a bag in his knapsack we're always picking stuff up so it's just if we all kind of work together we're going to have a really great place to to pass on to the next generation and and uh, a lot of future storytellers. That's a perfect, uh, perfect segue, actually. It's, it set it up for Ranger Kristen, because I know she has a final writing prompt for us to think about that we could do with our students or we could do with in our own writing groups. And so I'm going to hand it back over to Kristen. And Kristen, you're on the air again. Yeah, well, hello again. Um, yeah, as a park ranger, uh, I'd love to encourage all of you to find a national park near you and kind of see what you can discover about that place. Um, you can find national parks on the NPS website, which is www.nps.gov. And you can explore resources, stories, what initiatives they offer for teachers or writers um, or just a public. There's a lot of great resources in national parks to connect with nature and learn about history. So I encourage you to also um, sign up for Write Out, which I know we've talked a bit about today. Um, so there's just so many opportunities coming up to, to be inspired. Uh, so for today, today's closing prompt, uh, you could find a park near you that you might want to visit someday and write about what you might learn as a nature writer if you were to visit that park. Um, but if you could think about some ways you might connect with the outdoor world over the next few months, where could you go? Where might you write? And who in your circle might like to connect uh, with the outdoors with you um, and do some uh, outdoor nature writing uh, in a place that inspires you? Ooh, ooh. Kristen, that's a perfect close to get us from this show to write out, which will probably happen a week after the show airs. So thank you so much. Uh, I always close the show by thanking everyone, Kristen. Uh, it's always a pleasure to work with you and to see your face. And I really wanted to say, I'm used to seeing your face with a ranger hat on. So I was glad that it was, that it's there. And thank you. I know you're not supposed to wear it inside, but just one minute for us. <laughs> and Carmen, it was so lovely to meet you. I thank you for the thank work you. that you put out in the world, both in the form of your books and in your work to connect uh, authors to classrooms and librarians so that they can reach the audiences that they want to reach. I thought that was a lovely way to say that. And thank you so much for I was going to say taking and spending an hour with us, but also for the effort it took you to get to a place where you could spend an hour with us today. We're so thankful for your oh, time. Thank you so much. It's absolute pleasure. So thankful. And finally, listeners, thank you for being with us. Uh, we always want to connect with you. If you aren't already deeply connected to the National Writing Project, please go to our website, nwp.org, and sign up for our newsletter so that you 
Don't miss any more electric happenings like this one. That would be, as Brian would say, unbearable. And know that you can find us on Facebook or join. If you are a teacher or an educator interested in the teaching of writing, consider joining the the Right Now Teacher Studio. It's hosted by the National Writing Project. You can find it at studio.nwp.org. And it's a community of teachers and writers interested in teaching writing and improving their practice together. We really hope to see you there. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.